Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam Podcast. Qalam is an organization that is dedicated to making Islamic knowledge accessible to everyone. Alhamdulillah, Qalam has been able to serve so many people all across the world in so many ways. And now, Qalam has the opportunity and the ability to take its work to the next level. Qalam now has the ability to expand its offerings to people all across the world in so many different ways. Qalam is acquiring a campus, a home, where we can continue to do the work that we do and in fact increase what we do. But we need your help, we need your support to make that dream a reality. Go to qalamcampus.com and donate generously. Every single person listening to this podcast benefiting from Qalam, I need you to go there and donate and share that link far and wide and let's all of us come together, invest into our sadaqah jariyah and take this work to the next level. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Now enjoy the podcast. Inna alhamdulillah, na'maduhu ta'ala wa nasta'inu bihi wa nasta'hdihi wa nasta'ghfiruh. ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد يحيي ويميت وهو حي لا يموت وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله بلغ الرسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح الأمة وكشف الله به الغمة فجاهد في الله حق جهاده حتى أتاه اليقين اللهم صلي وسلم وبارك عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وارض اللهم عن سادتنا أبي بكر وعمر وعثمان وعلي وعن تابعيهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محتثاتها وكل محتثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار وما قل وكفى خير مما كثر وألها وإنما توعدون لآت وما أنتم بمعجزين اللهم إني أعوذ بك أن أقول زورا أو أغشى فجورا أو أقول قولا بغير علم أو أكون بك ربي مغرورا عباد الله, عباد الله أوصيكم وأوصي نفسي بتقوى الله عز وجل يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما ثم أما بعد Inshallah, before we begin today's khutbah, I want to start with a reminder. And this is a reminder for all of us about this specific prayer that we are all engaging in on this special day of the week. And this is the day of Friday. This is a prayer of Jumu'ah. And all of us, hopefully, if this might be your first Jumu'ah, but if you've been doing it for a while, it's important to renew and clarify your intentions. Because we might get in the habit of doing things but we sometimes forget why we're doing it. And if we can clarify our intentions, we can ensure that we're achieving the objective of why we're here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says about this prayer in the Quran. He says, فَسْعَوْ إِلَىٰ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ He says, rush towards the remembrance of Allah. 
So make that your intention so that all the time that you spent driving out of your way to come to pray in the masjid on a time where normally there aren't this many people here. But everyone makes that intention and clarify your intention so that all that time spent, the time you spend listening to the khutbah, the time you spend going back to your car, going back home, inshallah all of that time will be spent for you as, as time spent in the remembrance of Allah. The second reminder is that whenever we hear something from the Qur'an, it's important to understand the objective of the Qur'an. The objective of the Qur'an is to be a book of guidance. It's something that we're supposed to find direction from. If we don't know what to do, if we don't know where to go, we look for guidance. And we follow those instructions so that we can get to the right place. So that should be our intention whenever we listen to something from the Qur'an. And also another reminder, whenever you listen to something, try to think about how it applies to you. A lot of times we hear something nice, we hear something from the Qur'an, and we're like, man, that person should have been there. My brother should have been there, he could have really benefited from that. My kids should have been there, they should be listening to that. But we have to first try to see how that reminder applies to us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Baqarah, ayah number 186, He says, qareeb." And before I get into the translation of the ayah, it's important to understand the context. In this ayah, in, this, in these few pages of Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala many times uses a certain phrase. He says, وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنْ something. He says, they ask you, O Prophet, about such and such thing. And the Qur'an mentions many things. Mentions alcohol and gambling, about the sacred months which you're not supposed to fight in, many, many about where to spend your wealth. And every time this question is structured in a way where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they ask you, O Prophet, about this thing. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives instructions to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam to then respond. So they ask you about such and such thing, O Prophet, say to them, and then the response comes from Allah. But in this one question, in the middle of all those other questions, the format changes just a little bit. And that question is, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي That when my slave, when my servant, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying this, asks you about me. Now the question is different. The question isn't just about something or what to do, but if someone comes seeking Allah, wanting to learn about Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds directly. He says, فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ Indeed, I am close. And it would have been just as beautiful, it would have been perfectly fine if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa to tell us that he is close. But to show us that closeness, to show us that objective, the objective is for us to come close to Allah, for us to recognize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is near. All we have to do is reach out. We have to take the first step. We have to ask the question, do we want to know about Allah? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ Indeed, I am close. And He doesn't stop there. He continues and says, أُجِيبُوا دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دَعَانِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I respond, I answer the call of anyone who calls up upon me whenever they call upon me. And that word, even in English, you can hear me say the word call a lot. There's a lot of repetition in this ayah, different forms of the same word. I respond to the call of the caller whenever he calls upon me. 
And there's very important things to highlight here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that I hear whatever you're asking for. I'm close and I'm listening to you. Whatever need you have, whatever thing that is stressing you, whatever circumstance you're in, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ready to provide that solution. Allah is ready to give you whatever you're asking for. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't just say, I answer all the requests that come to me. But Allah says, I answer the request of that person who's calling me. That the person who's asking matters too. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is fully aware of each and every single one of us when we call upon Him. It's not just a list of emails or a list of requests, things to answer. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what you're asking. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows who you are. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what your circumstance is. He knows exactly what you're going through. And He knows it better than you do. Because a lot of times we're trying to understand our situation. We're trying to understand our circumstances. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all aware. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala finally says, whenever they call upon me. And this is a very simple but very profound principle being highlighted here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is guaranteeing a response to us. He's saying, I answer any call of the person who calls upon me whenever they call. Now the simple formula here is, in order to get your request answered, in order to get your dua answered, what do you have to do? Well, you have to make the dua. And I know that sounds really simple, but how many times have you hesitated to make dua to Allah? How many times have you gotten in your own head? I really need this, I'm going through this situation, I'm going through this difficulty, I'm feeling really weighed down. And, it's, and it takes time you have to convince yourself, you have to work up the energy to raise your hands to Allah and make dua. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, when you make that dua, and when you make that dua sincerely, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is guaranteeing a response. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues, after He promises us, guarantees us a response to our dua, He says, He says, then they all should answer my call. They must answer my call as well, and they must believe in me. And what does that mean? That means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has asked us to do certain things. There are certain things outlined in our religion, and they're not that many. We just went through the month of Ramadan. Fasting is probably one of the hardest ones. We have to fast the month of Ramadan. We have to pray. We have to do hajj if you're able to. All of these things are outlined by Allah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, I've guaranteed a response to you. Now you should also make an effort to fulfill my call. Do what I've asked of you. فَلْيُؤْمِنُوا and believe in me. Why? لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ So that they may be guided. All of this is so that you and I can attain guidance. And that is the most precious thing. Now having said all of this, and I'm sure a lot of you are listening to this, and I've, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is guaranteeing a response. But then there's a real question that comes up in your mind. And that question is, well, sometimes I make dua, and I make the same dua a lot, and I don't get a response. So how do I understand this verse then? If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is guaranteeing a response, and you know, I just stood here and told you about it for five minutes, but then you're thinking about your reality, the reality that sometimes I make dua to Allah, and I make that dua sincerely. I really am relying upon Allah, I really want something, but I don't get it. How do we understand that? The Prophet ﷺ, he explains to us a few different 
options of how our dua might be answered. You see, our understanding is limited. That's why we sometimes come to the conclusion that my dua was not answered. But the Prophet ﷺ, he explains, he says, مَا مِن مُسْلِمٍ يَدْعُوا بِدَعْوَةٍ لَيْسَ فِيهَا إِثْمٌ وَلَا قَطِيعَةُ رَحِمٍ إِلَّا أَعْطَاهُ اللَّهُ بِهَا إِحْدَ ثَلَاثٍ The Prophet ﷺ says that there is no believer that calls upon Allah not seeking bad, as long as they're not making dua for something bad, and they're not making dua to break up relationships, to break up some kind of family relationship or spousal relationship, they're not making dua for anything bad. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds to them in one of three ways. The first, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, إِمَّا أَن تُعَجَّلَ لَهُ دَعْوَتُهُ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He eventually answers their dua exactly how they ask for it. So if you asked for something specific, you wanted a job, you wanted a new car, a new house, whatever it was, you made dua for that and Allah gave you what you asked for. And this one's easy for us to understand because this is all we want. We're very limited, I want this thing, Allah gives you that thing, alhamdulillah. The second response, possible outcome for a dua that we make. Allah, the Prophet wasallam says, وَإِمَّا أَن يَدَّخِرَ لَهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will delay that dua for that person until the day of judgment. And this is a very interesting one. Because a lot of times we're so focused on what we need in this world. We're looking for worldly things and we become obsessed. But the Prophet ﷺ is telling us that sometimes when your dua is not being answered in this world, it's being saved for you on the day of judgment. And start reading the descriptions of the day of judgment. If you open the Quran, you'll find them everywhere. And imagine that all the du'as that you made that didn't get answered in this world were waiting for you on the day of judgment. All these good deeds, all these requests that you wanted in this world so badly but they're waiting for you on the day where you, we're all going to wish we had done more. We're all going to wish that we had done more, we had focused more on the hereafter and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is banking that for you on the day of judgment already. And the third option, the third outcome for du'a the Prophet ﷺ says, وَإِمَّا أَن يَصْرِفَ عَنْهُ مِنَ السُّوءِ مِثْلَهَا The Prophet ﷺ says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will prevent some harm from coming to you by means of it. That by means of that dua, that dua will serve as a protection from you, for you. That that dua will lift some kind of calamity, some kind of difficulty coming upon you. Now think about all three of these options. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet ﷺ is telling us, you'll either get exactly what you asked for, or it'll be saved for you on the day of judgment, where you'll need it more than anything else. Or, some difficulty, some calamity that would come your way, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lifts that from you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects you. Now imagine what the response of the companions was to this, to this narration of the Prophet ﷺ. They all said, قَالُوا إِذَا nukdir. Well in that case, we're going to make a lot of dua. Because it seems like there is no bad outcome. If I make dua, something good is bound to happen. Either I get what I want, it's safe for me on the day of judgment, or some difficulty is lifted. So you know what, it's, it's almost like they found a hack and they're like, alright, we're going to do it all the time. We're going to exploit this thing, we're going to do it a lot. And the Prophet ﷺ responds with something very powerful. The Prophet ﷺ says, Allahu Akbar. He says that Allah is abundant. Allah can answer everything. Go ahead, make lots of dua. 
Make lots of dua. Allah is abundant. Allah can handle all of that. And when we think about it, if we boil it down, the objective of dua is that. The objective of dua is us understanding who Allah is. Us understanding who we're seeking from. When we're younger, it's all about what we want. You know, the first understanding of dua is I need something. So I'm asking for this, I'm asking for that. It all becomes about the request, the dua itself. But dua is this connection between us and Allah. Sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts us in difficult situations because it's an opportunity. It forces us to go and ask Allah. It forces us to go and reestablish that relationship with Allah. It's a reminder of what this relationship is. It's a relationship in which we don't have anything. We don't have any power, we don't have any capacity, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is all-powerful, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who's capable of everything. So every time we make dua, we hope that that relationship and that understanding is re-established, that we don't become deluded in this world, we remember who we're seeking from, and the power of the one that we're seeking from. Pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us people, allows us to become people that make dua to Him constantly. أقول قولي هذا وصفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي امين In the first part of the khutbah we talked about the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is guaranteed a response to our dua for us Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises in the Quran that whenever you make dua to Allah Allah will answer your dua And then we came up with a question and a possible objection to this which was that sometimes I make dua but I don't get what I'm asking for and the Prophet ﷺ explains that there are three possible outcomes for our du'as. Number one, that you get exactly what you're asking for. You'll get it eventually. Number two is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will save it for you on the day of judgment. And number three is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove some difficulty, some trial from you because of that du'a. Now a very beautiful example of du'as that we can see in the Qur'an is the du'a of Zakariya ﷺ. And there's so many examples. If you read the lives of the prophets, one thing to focus in on are the du'as that they make. Because we learn a lot about their relationship with Allah by means of what they're asking Allah. And Zakariya has a very interesting story in the Quran. Zakariya has been making du'a to Allah for a child for a very, very long time. He reaches very old age, and he's, he's been constant in this one du'a to Allah for him to have a child. And this is a dua that even he says in his own words. He says, وَلَمْ أَكُمْ بِدُعَائِكَ رَبِّي شَقِيَّةً He says that, oh Allah, I've become old. My hair has become white. But oh Allah, I've never been, I've never been, I've never lost hope in my dua. Every time I've made dua to you, oh Allah, you've always answered me. I've never found difficulty, I've never found hesitation in making dua to you. So he keeps making this dua. Now I want to cut to Another passage in the Qur'an where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about Maryam alayhi salam. He tells us that this person, the wife of Imran, 
She was expecting this child and she made this intention to Allah. Oh Allah, this child that I'm expecting, I will dedicate this child to the service of Allah. And then she gives birth to Maryam السلام, And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَتَقَبَّلَهَا رَبُّهَا بِقَبُولٍ حَسَنٍ وَأَنْبَتَهَا نَبَاتٍ حَسَنًا وَكَفَّلَهَا زَكَرِيَةً her Lord graciously accepted her and made her grow in goodness and made Zakariya her guardian. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appointed Zakariya this prophet to be the guardian and teacher of Maryam And Maryam she used to spend time in the masjid studying and learning. She had a dedicated area in the masjid. If you go to Aqsa now, you can see they highlight a general area where that might have been. Where Maryam had this dedicated space where she would sit and learn and study. And the Qur'an makes reference to this place. That every time Zakariya he entered this area, this mihrab, this area of, Zak- of Maryam he would find that she had provision with her. And the scholars explained this provision was she had fruits and she had different things to eat and she had things that were out of season. So it was a miraculous thing Zakariya would witness and he would say, where did you get this from? He responds to this, every time he went, she had some special fruit. And imagine something out of season, I know this is hard for us to process. Because we're like, I want fruit, I go to the grocery store, I get fruit. Always year round. But that's not how the world works. Right? Before refrigerators, before grocery stores, you got the fruit that you could grow in that season. But she had fruits that were out of season. And Zakariya a prophet of Allah, naturally has a question and he says to her, قَالَ يَا مَرْيَمُ أَنَّا لَكِ هَذَا He says, oh Maryam, how do you have this? Where did you get this from? And listen to the response of Maryam She gives such a powerful response to this prophet of Allah. She says, قَالَتْ هُوَ مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَرْزُقُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ بِغَيْدِ حِسَابِ She says that it's from Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can give to whoever He wills without any limitation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is capable of anything. She's almost saying to him, I don't understand your question of how. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can do anything. Why are you applying the question of how to Allah? The one you're seeking from is able to do anything. Why are you putting that limitation? She doesn't understand the question. And the next verse, Right then and there, هُنَالِكَ دَعَى زَكَرِيَا رَبَّهِ Right then and there, after hearing this powerful reminder from Maryam السلام, this student of his, this person that he's in charge of, he hears this powerful reminder, and he's a prophet of Allah. He knows this. This is not new information for him. He knows that Allah can do anything. He knows that Allah provides, but she reminds him of that. And that's why reminders are so important. It's not about what you know. But the reminders will benefit you because at different times we all need different reminders. And she reminds him of this powerful principle and right then and there he makes that same dua to Allah, the dua that he's been making for a very long time to have a child. هُنَالِكَ دَعَى زَكَرِيَا رَبَّهِ قَالَ رَبِّ هَبْلِي مِنْ لَدُنْكَ ذُرِّيَةً طَيِّبَةً إِنَّكَ سَمِيعُ الدُّعَى Right then and there Zakariya makes dua to Allah. And he makes dua to Allah and he says, Oh Allah, Bless me from you an offspring, a noble offspring. إِنَّكَ سَمِيعُ dua. O Allah, you are the one that listens to dua. And it goes further. And Zakariya we hear now, after he makes this dua, at that moment, 
Again, what moment is that? It's the moment when Maryam السلام, reminds him of the power of Allah. Now imagine Zakaria in that moment making dua. Imagine his understanding of who Allah is. Imagine what his connection with Allah is like in that moment. Where he's reminded by the student of his. Allah can do anything. What does he do in that moment? He doesn't just say, oh yeah, wow, very powerful reminder. No, he capitalizes on it. This is a lesson for us that whenever we're in awe of Allah, whenever you experience something, and it can be something small in your life, you walk outside and you notice the colors in the sky. You're in awe of the creation of Allah. You see your children do something amazing. You're shocked at how they did that. And you're amazed and you want to just say, wow, don't stop there, keep going. Use that moment to connect with Allah. And make dua to Allah in that moment because it's a reminder from Allah. That's an opportunity from Allah for you to turn to Him because you're feeling that connection and that conviction. And with that conviction, if you make dua, your dua will not be answered. Your, your dua will not be rejected. Imagine the power that comes when we make dua to Allah with that level of conviction. And that's what Zikariya does here. He experiences this powerful reminder. And instead of just saying, wow, he immediately, what does he do? He turns it into action. He makes dua to Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then answers his dua. فَنَادَتْهُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ وَهُوَ قَائِمٌ يُصَلِّي فِي الْمِحْرَابِ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يُبَشِّرُكَ بِيَحْيَا مُصَدِّقًا بِقَلِيمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَسَيِّدًا وَحَسُورًا وَنَبِيًّا مِّنَ الصَّالِحِينَ The angels call out to him while he is standing praying in his place of worship. And, he sa- and they say to him, Allah gives you the glad tidings of Yahya. You're going to have a son, Yahya. He will be one who confirms the word of Allah. He will be noble and chaste. And he will be a prophet and he will be amongst the righteous. And listen to Zakariya response to his dua being answered. Finally, the thing that he's been asking for for a very long time, he finally gets it. And again, he says what he said earlier to Maryam alayhi salam. He says, قَالَ رَبِّ أَنَّا يَكُونُ لِي غُلَامٌ وَقَدْ بَلَغَنِيَ الْكِبَرُ وَمْرَأَةِ عَاقِرٌ He asked that same question of how. The question he asked Maryam alayhi salam. How did you get this? He asked that same how. He says, oh my Lord, how can I have a child when I'm old and my wife is old as well? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds to him and says, قَالَ كَذَلِكَ اللَّهُ يَفْعَلُ مَا يَشَاءُ Like that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does whatever He wills. Don't put limitations on Allah. When you're making dua to Allah, think about the one you're asking from. Don't think about you and your situation and your limitations. Think about the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-ghani. And we are faqeer. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no needs. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has everything. And we are the ones that need everything. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the all-capable and we are the weak. And as I close, just one piece of advice to close on is that dua is an opportunity for us to pour our hearts out to Allah. It's to understand this relationship with Allah that we are the abd. We are the servants of Allah and Allah is the creator. And there should be no hesitation in that dua. And the only reason that you and I would hesitate, that we wouldn't turn to Allah with open arms, and we wouldn't completely pour out our soul, is because maybe we don't fully understand who Allah is. And that's something that you and I need to work on. We need to educate ourselves. We need to read the Qur'an, look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about Himself. Internalize that and then use that when you make dua. 
And just like you'll see in all the examples of the prophets, when they make dua to Allah, it's like they're talking to someone they know so well. They're pouring their heart out. They're completely laying it all out on the table. Any difficulty, any stress, they're saying it. And what you'll start to learn once you experiment with this a few times is that there's so much relief in making the dua. Even if you don't get what you were asking for. Imagine when sometimes you're going through a difficult situation and you just find someone to talk to. You're able to just put it into words. You find someone to listen to you. You start feeling the relief right then and there. Now use dua as an opportunity to do that. Pour your heart out to Allah and you'll start finding that relief as soon as you make that dua to Allah. We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to become people who turn to Him constantly. We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts from us. We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts our du'as. We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to become people who rely upon Him alone. Allahumma ansur al-Islam wa al-Muslimin. Allahumma ansur al-Islam wa al-Muslimin. Allahumma ansur al-Islam wa al-Muslimin. Allahumma ahdina wa ahdibina wa ja'alna sababan liman ihtada. Allahumma ahdina wa ahdibina wa ja'alna sababan liman ihtada. Allahumma innaka afuun kareem tuhibbul afwa fa'afu anna. Allahumma innaka afuun kareem tuhibbul afwa fa'afu anna. رب ارحمهما كما ربونا صغارا رب ارحمهما كما ربونا صغارا رب ارحمهما كما ربونا صغارا ان الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد ان الله يأمر بالعدل والاحسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم ودعوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقيموا الصلاة